and everybody gets it back again. Don't take no mess out the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrabble it. How they win that game today. There's just one thing you can say. How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dog that's in your lap. Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I am Sean Hyken, the author of the Rose Garden Report newsletter, which you can subscribe to at rosegardenreport.com. Free and paid subscriptions available. The podcast, as always, you can get on Apple, Spotify, everywhere else that you get podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review. All that stuff helps, just like it helps with every podcast. I know they all say that, but that stuff really does help. So those of you who've been doing that and have been helping get the word out, greatly appreciate that bringing Eric back on this week you know because it's first of all it's been a few weeks since I've had Eric on I think the last time we did one was right after Shaden Sharp had his breakout game against the Rockets and there's been a lot of stuff that's happened since then and Eric has also started covering games this past month as a fill-in for Annie Peterson at the Associated Press who is in Qatar covering the World Cup, so I figured it would be a good idea to get his perspective on the team now that he's kind of been around it more in the last couple of weeks. Now, one more note before we get into that. I'm going to get into that pretty quickly because, you know, it's a holiday weekend. I, you know, people don't really want to listen to like a big long preamble of all this, but just one more note on the subject of Annie being in Qatar covering the World Cup. This weekend, I am going to be around the Moda Center around the Child Center, covering the PK tournament, the Phil Knight Legacy tournament, which is the big college tournament that's happening here in Portland. I'm going to be filling in for Annie with the AP, covering some college games, which I'm pretty excited about because, you know, it'll, first of all, it's going to be a good opportunity for me to cover that event, which a lot of NBA folks go to. I know the Blazers are going to have a lot of their front office, uh, folks like a lot of that contingent is going to be there scouting because it's in a major college tournament that a lot of the major college programs are going to be playing at so a lot of their you know NBA teams are going to be sending their scouts and front office executives there so I'm looking forward to getting some FaceTime with some of those folks and maybe I'll have some stuff to tell you coming off of that or some story ideas some story opportunities there coming off of that just also as it relates to the site and the podcast and stuff it's unlikely that I'll be able to actually watch the game on Friday against the Nets and the game on Sunday against the Knicks live. I do plan, of course, on DVRing them and watching them later or watching them on a replay or something like that. And then if I have, you know, thoughts on those games, I will write on them. Something I said at the beginning of the season was that as far as road games that I'm not at, if I don't have something to say about a game I'm not going to write something just to write something I'm not going to force it so I wouldn't guarantee that I write something after every game but I think it's likely if there is something to say there's only two games so far that I haven't written off of one of them was the Phoenix blowout on the second half of that back-to-back because there just wasn't really anything to say about that game and then also the game last night against the Bucks which you know they lost to what most people would say is the best team in the league without Dame on the road, you know, 
cool. I, I don't really have much to add there. But, you know, I do plan on writing off of the Cleveland game tomorrow, and then I'll do something probably at the end of this road trip, wrapping that up before they come back home to play the Clippers next week before another little road trip. So that's kind of what we have coming up here on Rose Garden Report. You know, it's a busy time of year for everybody with the holiday weekend, and December is going to also be a busy month. And then January, there's a ton of home games. So there's there's going to be a ton of stuff coming up. So if it's a little bit lighter this weekend on the holiday weekend because I have other commitments, I hope you guys are a little bit understanding of that. But uh, other than that, let's just get into this conversation that Eric and I had, you know, right before the holiday weekend. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody, whatever you're doing to celebrate or whatever the case may be. I hope it's a good one for you. Let's get into it. So, Eric, it's been a minute since you and I have done one of these together. I think it's been probably two or three weeks at least. I think the last time you and I did one of these was before the six-game road trip. And in the time that you and I haven't been doing these together, you've started actually returning to doing in-person sports journalism, covering these games. Right. I've actually been in the arena, in the locker room, asking questions. It's been, it's been, it it was a good time to come back and do that, but also like it would, for the Blazers, maybe not the best time <laughs> for me <laughs> to do that because they finally hit, like they went one and two, but I do feel like those were their worst, maybe their worst three games of the season so far. Yeah. Even the San Antonio one that they won, I they did not play particularly well in that game. I thought they played better in the Brooklyn game than they did in the San Antonio game. Yeah, I and I think when we were after the game, I think all the guys, like all the players and coaches said the same thing, was that they felt like they probably didn't deserve to win the San Antonio game, but that they did deserve to win the Brooklyn game and the results went the opposite direction. Uh, and then, and then you lump in the Utah game, which was just a Utah's a, a, a good team and you, you've got to play well. And on top of that, losing Dame in the middle of that game really what, what, what was a huge bummer, but also just, you know, Dame is the one who said it after the game, like this is part of it. This is, this is part of the the marathon and and the Blazers are hitting adversity for the first time. Yeah, and I think people got a little bit ahead of themselves. And this is why I was always, even when they got off to the stars that they got off to and they went four and two on the road trip and you know, they came back from that road trip nine and four. I wasn't sitting here either, you know, in the stuff I was writing on the website or on the podcast saying that like now I think they're contenders because they've gotten off to this start because I never thought, I mean, now you see like around the league, some of these other teams that look just completely dead in the water to start the season. Everybody was so bought in on the Sacramento thing early on in the season or like in the preseason that they were going to be the, you know, fringe playoff team in the West that was going to take a step forward. They looked terrible in the first week of the season. And now like I'm seeing all the national podcasts, all the national websites the Kings are the new darlings. They're the new it team. Like the Blazers were the first two weeks of the season. So it's all kind of cyclical. Yeah, it, it is. And, and a lot of the teams that I think, you know, maybe had some bad starts like Philly, like the Lakers, like those teams have had 
you know, upward trends recently. And it, it has muddied the waters. A, a team like New Orleans, I think, is a, a, a little bit like Portland, where they were so, so good to start the season and everyone was ready to say, hey, like, these guys are it. And they've had some trouble recently. And it just goes to show you how hard it is to maintain a high level of play even through six weeks of a season, let alone 82 games. Yeah, and that's why I said at the beginning of the year, just looking at the schedule, that if they could get to 500 by Christmas, they're fine. Because the schedule that they have after basically January is so much like Oklahoma City and Houston and San Antonio. Like so many of these teams that like people are not expecting to be good and some of those even the teams like the like like indiana who's playing well right now like they're gonna trade miles turner at some point maybe even to portland but like there's like so many of these teams that everybody is like like look look good right now like a lot of these teams like i think they play charlotte again like around christmas like this is still like this is the tough part of the schedule and the game that they had last night we're recording this on a tuesday evening I looked at the game. I watched the game that they had against the Bucks last night in Milwaukee, and I just thought, okay, they lost on the road to the one of the two best. I, I think that I think you would, do. You and I both agree the two best teams in the league right now are Milwaukee and Boston, in whatever order you want to put them in. Like it's clearly those two teams, right? Yeah. So they lost to one of the two best teams in the league, the team that probably has the best player in the league, and Giannis without Dame. And they didn't get embarrassed. They didn't get blown out. They hung with them. And, you know, they just. My, my, my gamblers will say they covered the spread. I mean, they, which they, they, they did. Yeah. So thanks they in part co- to Trent and Watford bombing threes in garbage time, part, partially. But they right. didn't get embarrassed <laughs> on the road against the best, arguably the best team in the league in a game without their best player. You know, cool. Like, I, I did not have any kind of alarm bells going off in that game. That was a game going in that I expected them to lose. And it was a game that they lost. And. You know, they didn't look terrible. They just, the other, Milwaukee was better. That's going to happen. I think the, it was funny. I was talking to somebody I know who is a uh, national writer at a, at a, at a much bigger outlet than either of us write for yesterday, just about this. And we both think that the only two actually good teams in the league right now are Milwaukee and Boston. I mean, yeah, you look at the rest of the league and I mean, to your point at the top of the podcast, every national podcast is talking about the Sacramento Kings. Like that is where the greater league is at. So it's not an, a warning sign or an alarm bell to have lost some games over the past week. I mean, they lost back-to-back games at home. Then they lost this one against Milwaukee. But they're still in great shape. And I think... I believe in the rest of this team so much more than most of the other Blazers teams that did not have Dame that I would support this is this is columnist Eric coming into the, into the fold here but this is Blazer banter Eric I I would support an extended absence for Dame whether we could play the semantics about what what like the injury got worse and I think the Blazers are in good enough shape as a collective that Dame can take the appropriate time needed 
to make sure that he is right. And I think that is where I come down over the last week. And and I know that Dame hates it. He does, yeah. But he's got to do it. Like, like this is his – just like he said – the the past stretch that we just had for the Blazers was part of the journey. Like he's never been hurt before. He's never had to deal with this on this level. He's got to respect what he's dealing with. And I think that is my uh, takeaway from the past week is that I, I think it's, it's, it's right. It's the right thing to do to have Dame take at least two weeks off, if not four weeks. And and at least until the new year, he's got to get right, man. Like like like, or else you could have something bad happen that is going to take even longer to get back from. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how they play this. I do think that, generally speaking, and I haven't talked to anybody in the organization specifically about what's going on with Dame. I only know what's out there as far as the update that they put out when it comes to you know. He he reaggravated the the same calf. It was a different part of the calf that he had the injury with this time. And we know what he said after the game was that he doesn't think this one was as bad as the last one. And the team said he'll be reevaluated in one to two weeks, which means he's going to basically miss this road trip and then TBD after that. But just based on what I've seen and what I've observed and what I have heard, because I have talked to people in the organization about how they've handled other injuries and particularly the Gary Payton, the second situation, which he hasn't played yet still. And remember they, uh, when he, they announced that he had the surgery, which he had in July, but they announced when, you know, like a week before training camp that he would miss training camp, but then he'd be good to go for the start of the regular season. And then he wasn't. And then they said he'd be reevaluated in two weeks. And then they said he'd be reevaluated in two weeks again and then they said he'd be reevaluated in two weeks again. Based on what I've heard, he hasn't had any setbacks with the injury. But I was I was talking to somebody in the organization before the last game, the Utah game. And I got the sense that if the Blazers were eight and eight or seven and nine at this point in the season there might be a little bit more of an urgency to be like, Hey, we got to get Gary Payton back or Hey, maybe we got to, you know, have Dame play through some of this stuff, but because they went into this road trip 10 and six, and because they've also won games already without, not just without Dame, because they won a couple games on the road trip without Dame. They've won without Simons. Jeremy Grant missed a game. Uh, Nurkic missed a couple of games. Justice Winslow has missed a couple of games. Pretty much all the, like, I think Josh Hart is their only guy that hasn't, like their only out of their main guys. Josh Hart is the only one of their main guys that hasn't missed at least one game so far this season. No, yeah. And he was in the concussion protocol. And it just like, it was like a stroke of luck that. Yeah, but like, so most of their main guys have missed at least one game. And so they feel like, okay, if Dame has to miss two weeks instead of one week in order to get this thing right, we're not screwed. We still feel like, you know, and we now have the track record of we feel like we can hang with anybody. We feel like we can be – because, I mean, yeah, they they did end up getting outclassed by the Bucks last night, but they were leading after the first quarter, and they were only down two at the half. And even after they went down big in the third quarter – they clawed back in there and they still kind of made it a game and they only ended up losing by eight. That was a game. Again, you would think, you know, beginning of a long road trip, 
against a team that most people think is the best team in the league, the team that has the best player in the league. That's a game at the beginning of a road trip that maybe after that third quarter, you would you would be totally understanding if Chauncey had decided to just say, you know what, screw this game. We're at the beginning of a long road trip. Let's just pull the plug. But they didn't, and they clawed back in. And I think they feel like they can hang with anybody, even if Dame's out. Yeah, I mean, you look at the wins that they've gotten. We, we've we've talked about Milwaukee. We've talked about Boston. Phoenix has been maybe you know, right there underneath those two teams as probably the best. They've been the best in the West so far. They've been the best in the West so far. Like, like Utah been great, but like Phoenix still like they've been super good. And yeah, Portland beat them. Like they, they were able to win on the road in new Orleans. They won on the road at Miami, which I understand is not that great of a win. And they were in the game for the most part against the Mavericks. The way that they play, they have a style of play where everyone defends everyone and the offensive pecking order is like very, very clear. Like when Dame isn't in the game and he's out, it's Simons and Nurk and Jeremy Grant and they're going to generate the shots for the rest of the team. And it seems like everyone on the team is like pretty cool with that setup. Like it works out for everyone. It, it lets justice Winslow fit where he needs to fit in as like a connecting piece between the, 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 the more, you know, important and more used offensive avenues. And I, I just think that the way that the team is structured and the way that they've played, they are in a better position to have Dame sit out games. And even when it hasn't worked out, like they've still been in the ballpark. And I think that I think is what really gives me the impetus to say, Hey, like what does Dame really need here? Let's just do that and, and work our way through the season because you look at the you look around at the rest of the league like it's nobody else is like has like a situation where like yeah you sit your best player and like we're Gucci. Obviously Portland is not like winning every game that Dame doesn't play in, but like they have an identity without him, which is more than two thirds of the league can say without their best player. And I think the, there's two other things that I think come into play here, and the two two other things that kind of make I. Make, would make me feel pretty encouraged about where they are right now, even despite this, you know, this past skid they've had in the last week or so. One is that they're still beating the teams that they should beat. If you look at every bad team that they've played, they haven't played that many bad teams so far, but they beat the Lakers when they played them. They beat Houston. They beat San Antonio. They beat Charlotte. You can say, okay, that San Antonio game was ugly. They did manage to pull that one out and they won it. They don't really have any of those on this upcoming road trip because, like, the Cavs are good. The Nets are now, you know, looking a lot better than they looked at the beginning of the season. And, you know, the Knicks are not great, but the Knicks are also not, you know, terrible. They're not the worst team in the league. No, they're not. The, the, you can't just expect to win a game against the Knicks just by showing up. Right. But so, so they haven't beat – they haven't lost to any bad teams so far. And the other thing is there's only one game this entire season – 
that they just straight up have not been in. And that was the second Phoenix game in Phoenix that on the second night of the back-to-back when they didn't have Damon Simons and they had just won the last. Like, you knew that one was going to be a blowout, and it was. But other than that, even the game, you look at the games they've lost. They were in both of the, they were in the first Miami game. They were in the Memphis game. They were in the Utah game. They were in the Brooklyn game. They were in the Dallas game. The only game that they haven't been, just, they just straight up were not in, was that one Phoenix game that was going to be a schedule loss no matter what. Like I have, there has not been a game where they get down 20 and they just like, okay, we're just going to give up. Like they, like, I think like a lot of the games last season. were. No, and, and they haven't had those games. And to your point, even when they haven't had their full complement of guys, they've still been in most of the games that they've played. And so it's obviously going to be harder when the other team knows that you don't have Dame. But I still think it's something that I'd be willing to do just because I like the way this team plays. I like the way that they are built around their shot creators. And I like the way that they generally play good defense. And that keeps you in a lot of games that maybe you shouldn't be in. And so it's going to suck because you're going to see them fall back in the standings from being in first place more than likely. But I, I don't think the West or the the whole league in general, like is that good that they can have Dame, that they would have Dame miss time and all of a sudden find themselves like completely out of the range to be in the top six and be a, you know, not have to be in the play in. Like I, I, I think, taking that time now would be really beneficial in those, you know, dog days of the season in January, February, March, where your standings really get decided. I think, you know, when we're talking about the team coming back down to earth a little bit, I think the other, the the guy we also kind of have to talk about is Shaden Sharp coming back down to earth a little bit because he looked awesome in the, in the Brooklyn game. And then the last two have been kind of rough for him. Like he started, to now, maybe maybe it's just that the scouting report is out on him now a little bit, and he was such a surprise at the beginning of the season. But teams are able to take him out of the game, I think, more so than they were. And this is maybe just two games in a row that he's had that are bad, and you know he shouldn't overreact to it. But it does feel like he's coming. You know that that's starting to you know that's starting to it's it's not an every night thing. He goes out there and he looks great anymore. Like he start there's starting to be a few of those off games you know sprinkled in there that you would kind of expect from a rookie, but you're starting to actually see that. Yeah, no, that like he he he's definitely having some some moments on defense where he doesn't remember the scheme or doesn't remember exactly how to you know his reactions just are not baked in like they would be for even someone who's played a year in the NBA. And that has a a chain reaction. I think Chauncey talked about it actually. And before one of the games, like the chain reaction that happens when, if you miss your assignment, then the player next to you has a, like a role to help cancel that missed assignment. But then if you get back in the play, like if Shaden misses out on his read, but somehow gets back into the play because he's so athletic that doesn't really help fix the problem of having someone cover for his mistake. And then there being another open person 
because the person that was covering up for Shaden's initial mistake had to come over anyway. And the person that is open is still open. And I think there's that. And then there's also too, just the offensive aspect. Like he's still learning where shot, where he's going to get shots and the, the pull up three and the lob are great, but it also, it's just hard when everyone knows that you're that guy that can knock down everything that gets every open look that he gets. Like then to your point, they're going to scout you and they're going to realize what, what is getting you your buckets and taking it away. And so the next step I think is like, what can we see with him creating his own shot off of those closeout moments when guys know that he wants to take that three uh, when they're closing out on him. I thought John Hollinger had an interesting point in this uh, piece that he had at the athletic that was sort of a shade and sharp scouting report. It was like, it was like his like weekly look around type of deal that he did. And he spotlighted shade as like the rookie of the week that he was interested in. And he, he, he had a line, I don't have it in front of me, but he said something to the effect of that. So, you know, if there's one weakness with what Shaden has been doing offensively so far, it's that so is that he's been a, play ender as opposed to a play you know starter like he isn't really he's still kind of got tunnel vision and is still kind of not really creating for others yet and that he has the talent to do that but that hasn't been something he's added to his game I actually would go the other way I actually think he's been too unselfish at times there have been times when he's gotten the ball and he's had an open three and I'm I'm just sitting there you know whether it be at the game or on the couch watching one of these road games being like, why is he not just shooting that? And instead he'll pass, you know, try, you know, trying to make the right play, trying to make the extra pass, and he should just be letting it fly. And it does seem like the guys, you know, whether it be Dame or Chauncey or whoever, are like getting on him to be like, hey, just shoot that. If you have a shot, shoot it. And it seems like he's starting to pick that up a little bit more. But I do, I almost kind of think he isn't shooting enough and isn't looking for his own shot enough. I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that that's, that's what he should be doing. Like, he should be like at this stage in his career, like go be a supercharged clay Thompson, like, like shoot, 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 shoot. Like every time you get it and you have a smidge of daylight, he's got to let it go because I mean, he's not only been the best three point shooter on the blazers. He's been one of the top five, three point shooters in the league so far. Like, you he's got to shoot that and and i think it it goes against a lot of basketball training like obviously everyone is taught to get theirs but then you know you're trying to fit in you're getting a role on a team you know everyone around you is saying you know don't don't mess this up you, you know and it, you know when you especially when you're with dame and ant and and these guys that are really accomplished but they're all looking to him to be a guy that can answer those questions that defenses ask of the Blazers where who can beat us other than the main guys. And, you know, Shaden has got to be that guy that is, I agree with you, even more willing to take those shots. Especially, you know, since Dame is going to be out for at least the next little bit, I feel like this is a big opportunity for him to come out and, you know, establish, if, if not, if not like the second option on offense with, with Dame out. Cause I think it's going to be like you said earlier, the hierarchy is still, I think aunt Jeremy 
But Shaden could easily get his way in there because you you know you saw the the night that he had against Brooklyn. He can be that guy. He can you know be their top scorer and you know be you know be the you know the guy that you know comes in just immediately starts hitting open threes and like he can be that guy. Like he just I think he does need to look for his own his own shot more and just be more. I don't I don't want to say empowered because I think that they are empowering him to take as many shots as he wants, but I almost think he hasn't taken advantage of that enough. Yeah, and I and I think, you know, part of it is also like the whole mystery man thing, like him trying to put some good stuff on tape and prove to people that he's not just a curiosity and that he can be a winning player and I, I think there's a lot that goes into maybe how he's reacting to the opportunity. And I do think that maybe Dame being out is maybe the nudge that he needs to kind of grab hold of that part of the offense that he's getting and really embrace it. And I think over however long Dame is out, that's going to be a bellwether for how they do over these next, you know, however long Dame is out. What are we thinking about the Drew Eubanks experience so far? It seems like, he, you know, over the last week, that's been like, you know, between the San Antonio game and a couple of these other games, it's it, it's that he's he's kind of become like, there was always kind of this thought that he would be a fan favorite, but it seems like that's over the last week has really just like taken hold in a huge way. I mean, absolutely. His, his plus minus in the, uh, in the Utah game was phenomenal he was great in the san antonio game i i i he was even great in the brooklyn game i mean he's he's been such a boost to this team his energy is so important and is something that frankly like when you look at the the team and you looked at nurk and and the kind of center that he is even at his best Having a guy that just comes in and runs around and and just wreaks havoc on the game, it's such a different energy from the energy that you get with Nurk, who is calculated, you know, plotting. You tries to use angles really well, and really, tr- he's very, he's just very measured sometimes in the way that he's attacking the game and. Eubanks grabs the game by the horns and, and and just gets after it. And, and it's, it's a great juxtaposition. And I think also too, like, frankly, he's just been a better player than I expected. Maybe that was because he was on a team that was tanking and terrible, but the fact that he's doing what he's doing on a team that is playing pretty well, I maybe, I, I don't think I expected that. Away from Blazer stuff for a second, I literally just saw this. There's, did you see this John Morant quote yet? No. Okay, this is fantastic. I just, I literally just saw this. And I think we have to bring it up, and I, 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 I think it's worth bringing up in in opposition to some of the stuff that we've just been talking about with Dame. But Jaw was supposed to be week to week with this ankle injury, and he's playing tonight against the Kings mm-hmm. or tomorrow. Is, is that game tonight or tomorrow? That's tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh, the, King, yes. the King, oh, Kings Grizzlies. Yeah, that's tonight. That's yeah, happening. So he's right playing now. tonight, and this is this is a tweet from Drew Hill, who's one of the beat writers down there in Memphis. He says he asks Jaw Morant if he heals like an alien. Jaw's response: A cyborg. I'm just a unique dude, man. 
I don't think I'm human. I got to do some lab testing or something to see what's really behind it. The league is doing the same. I have a drug test right after this. <laughs> that's, that's so good. <laughs> but also like, uh, I don't know. I don't know, John. Like I'm really worried. I, I hope, I hope this isn't like a, you think he might be fine. He might be flying too close to the sun. Well, just you know, with the I I just remember the beginning of Derrick Rose's career when like the exact same thing would happen, and then you know he would just play through all this stuff, and then he had the ACL, and it was just like I hope that's not the case with Jaw, but while while we've got it, it's 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 so much fun. Yes, uh, uh, the, this is the thing about about the NBA's. You got to just embrace what's happening now because you just don't yes. know. You just don't know when the other shoe's going to drop and it's best to not worry about it because it it's just going to happen at some point but wow yeah i mean hey get it you do what you want while you while you popping as <laughs> as, as steve nash quoting drink once said uh on instagram so there was a tweet today from an NBA writer who has his own outlet, much like I do, about how hard the NBA is physically. And may, and he made the point that every single headline on the Athletics' top NBA headlines list is about an injury. And I went through – I just went to the Athletics' NBA page just to check and see if that was still the case. And it actually turns out it is. I'm going to read this to you. These are the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. These are the top eight headlines in the NBA right now, according to The Athletic. Number one, Clippers Paul George out with hamstring strain. Number two, Bucks assigned Chris Middleton to Wisconsin Herd. So that's like an injury recovery uh, situation there. Mm -hmm. Number three, Sixers Joel Embiid with a foot sprain is out for versus the Nets and the Hornets. Number four, Lillard to be sidelined with new calf strain, which we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Number five, Jazz is Conley with a knee injury out at least two weeks. Sources, that's, he actually had that injury during the Blazer game. Grizzlies Morant week to week with left ankle sprain. Sixers Maxi to miss three to four weeks with foot injury. Pistons Cunningham mulling shin treatment options. So yeah, I mean, this is just the time of year. There's just a lot of this stuff going on. I mean, it's it's the nature of the beast when you're playing mostly every other day from maybe you have two days in between games, but mostly you're going to play every other day for the most part for four months. Like it's just it's just part of it is, is that teams and players have realized how common this is. And so they rest their players more and they realize that these peaks and valleys happen. And I think, look, it's an issue, but it's also, it's an issue if you don't want it, it, it's an issue to in, to, in one respect, but it's also, if you're mad right now, you're going to be even more mad when Jimmy Butler or Draymond or uh, Ben Simmons or someone else of that ilk doesn't play in a playoff game. And that really is the, the way that we should see these things is that like, yes, everything is about 
the games and obviously the, the discourse from throughout the regular season is about each game, but I, I don't know where we're going to get when, when it's going to happen, but there's got to be a certain point where we as fans realize that like it will happen. Yeah. And honestly, this just makes me, if I were a blazer fan, this would make me feel better about the way that they're handling Dame and they're, they're there, you know, taking the long view and wanting him to be available for the playoffs and wanting Gary Payton, who they just uh, signed, uh, you know, as a free agent and hasn't played yet because they are just being extra, extra cautious. And I mean, yeah. it just it feels like, OK, they, it, they're they taking the long view. And I mean, in the short term, yeah, it's going to be frustrating when maybe Dame does. Let's say I don't and I don't I don't know this. I'm not reporting this. I don't know how long Dame is going to be out with this injury. But let's say Dame plays, uh, you know, doesn't play again for three weeks they it's be, that's because they want him healthy for the playoffs right it's not because he is not showing up for the team or what have you it's it's more of a hey what are we really trying to do here are, are we trying to get the best seed that we can or are we trying to set up a good playoff run and and be ready when the, everything matters the most and i think yeah, that that is that's kind of also where I'm, you know, I I think before the season maybe I would not have believed that the Blazers would be 10 and 6 and in a position to make this call, but when you've won this many games, you've had the start that you've had, you kind of have a team identity, you should not rush your superstar back and you should do what's best for his long-term health because that is ultimately if you're going to win anything he's got to be a part of it and so to me i i'm all about being cautious and being conservative with dame on this one like and it's not it's totally different but it's it's something that i think is is kind of it it's part of the process and just like the blazers were in the beginning of the season and had this start like that also requires thinking ahead if you want to make good on that. So I think that's probably a good place to leave it. You know, the the Blazers have this, you know, the three more games left on this road trip over the rest of Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, you and I are both at various points going to be covering the PK tournament uh, over at Moda. So we're probably not going to be around during the Knicks and Nets games, but I would imagine next week we'll probably do another pod once the, uh, you know, you know, once, you know, the, the, the stuff from the holiday weekend is kind of died down, but for now we just kind of want, you know, we wanted to get this out there to give, you know, give people something to listen to going into the holiday weekend, just kind of, you know, again, because you and I haven't done one of these in a while. So we just kind of wanted to get a little temperature check on where things were at and, you know, you know, going into December, going into kind of the last part of the really tough part of the schedule coming up. So, Eric, thanks for doing this with me. Enjoy your uh, holiday weekend. Enjoy, you know, every you know everything you got going on. Uh, we'll we'll be back doing this again soon. You too, Sean.